The programme which follows is brought to you by Resonance 104.4 FM. Isotopica. This is me, Simon Tishko. This is the first Isotopica of 2020, which is a kind of science fiction number for a year to be in my head and imagination. Um, in fact, it's past a lot of the dates that much of the science fiction that I would have read many years ago was set. For instance, um, Philip K. Dick's Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep was actually set in November 2019. That was um, a date which slipped by without me mentioning it on air. We could have done a Android special, but nevertheless, we are in a time which is quite frankly beyond science fiction, both scientifically, environmentally and politically. We are in an absolute calamity, as I'm sure many of you are aware. And I was kind of going to mark that with the first raging isotopica of the year with a programme full of invective and polemics. And to that end, long-time collaborator David Ellis and I sat down here at Isotopica with the microphones and we ranted most appropriately about so many of the things that need ranting. And as I started to edit it and as David thought about it on his bus journey home, we both decided that rather than sounding like Che Guevara, Martin Luther King, John F. Kennedy, etc., etc., both of us actually came across more like Nigel Farage. Therefore, that edition of Isotopica has been obfuscated with electronica and may well be broadcast at some point in the future. But today, what are we going to do on Isotopica? As a response to the truly appalling state of the world, I think as an artist, I'm just going to take it a little bit further all the time further away from the mainstream, whatever that means. And to that end, we are absolutely blessed this evening. I wish I didn't use that word blessed, but nevertheless, we are very lucky this evening to be featuring, I guess, a world's first, a world exclusive and everything like that, being the first ever music album produced by birds. Birds, and this is an album called Music for Birds, and it is made by an improvisational group in Berlin featuring Moran Langenestra on voice, piano, synthesizer, Antonio Bravo on guitar, Ella Massing on violin, and was produced by the bird art tandem Kakadu, who I have mentioned on a number of previous episodes of Isotopica as Kakadu has been the long-running project of Ella Massing, who has also featured many times on Isotopica. Um, we've talked about it before, which is the cross-species work that Ella, the birds, and 
a number of practitioners are actually moving towards. In fact, an edition of Isotopica sometime last year, which was titled and is available on my website, being www.theculture.net. It was an episode called A Convivial Conversation with a Cat in a Basket on a Bike as the Crane Flies. And as the Crane Flies was a reference to another improvisational project by Ello, which was called As the Crane Flies. And it was based around the living migration and domestic habits of the crane, as it should be. So today we have music for birds and a conversation with Ello from Berlin. You may note during the conversation with Ello the extremely relaxed, dare I say, almost casual uh, style of our recording conversation. That's because Ello and I have leaving the computer lines open hours and hours at end and as Ello and I were continuing yet another conversation this one happening to be recorded for Brea of Resonance FM you can hear Ello tapping away on the keyboard and me sort of pottering around and doing all those bits and pieces but nevertheless the charm and the uniqueness of this artistic project hopefully shines through all of that sound thing so without too much of a to-do we are going to go into Ello Massing, Simon Tishko, in conversation, discussing Music for Birds, the first ever album produced by birds for humans, performed by humans. Let's go with that. Hope you enjoy. together now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've got it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Testing. Meow, meow, meow. Testing. We're ready and we're recording, so that's the beginning of the program. What the meow meow? <clears throat> I probably. Okay. If you want, if your agent will allow it. I I don't know. I, I shouldn't be meowing because I don't think my birds like that very much. In terms of this being a broadcast about birds. Yeah, I don't think my um, represented artists like it very much. I I'm just wondering whether they're kind of a bit more magnanimous than that, and they're actually mm. you know really quite happy to be working with animals from another whole sort of species, basically. I think they uh, respect cats, but they slightly distrust them. <laughs> Quite right, too. Mm, yeah. Because they, they've told me that when um, you know they start earning money from their artworks, they would like to donate to cat sanctuaries mm. so that the cats would be happy and would um, not eat birds. I was going to say, when you, you, you said that, there's a sort of slight suspicion that they may actually want the cats all to be in sanctuaries. Mm. Well, actually, I think what they've told me that they really would like is the cats all to be so well fed and cared after. 
that they wouldn't have any motivation to uh, chase birds anymore. That shows an innate misunderstanding that I think you need to talk to them about because cats don't chase birds for nutrition. They do it out of malice, I think. Mm, even your cats? Possibly, yeah. It's something that's really, you know, these glorious little fluffy balls that we love so much. When you actually see them killing and playing with and basically torturing little creatures, in the case of my cats, as they don't get out much, it's the occasional moth or fly. Um, it's a bit disturbing. Yeah, it is. I remember my uh, childhood cat, whom I loved above anything. He once caught a mouse in the countryside and he was playing with a mouse and I felt so sorry I sort of helped the mouse to escape. Mm. But I'm not sure whether the mouse survived. But I, yeah, I mean, it was so disturbing I couldn't bear to see that. So yeah, me, me and my mum, I think we helped the mouse to escape. I think it's something that most sort of feline enthusiasts we tend to sort of gloss over. Nevertheless, should we give a little context for this um, animal talk? This is, um, I'm speaking with Ella Massing, who's in Berlin at the moment, and we've got a Zoom recorder propped up on a book called Whose City? Recording the sound from a laptop, as we couldn't get the technology to record it in a more sophisticated way. Um, hello, hello. Hello, Simon. And hello, Resonance FM listeners. What are we doing talking about today? Uh, what are we doing talking about today? Um, <laughs> we. <laughs> and this is this is the, possibly the first program in the 2020 season of Isotopica, and I'm really out of practice. So yeah, what are we doing? Doing. Mm. Well, we're talking about a record. That is about to be released on Sunday. Actually, by the time the Resonance listeners will be hearing this program, I think the release concert is precisely then going on. Hopefully this... we're going to get recordings of that concert as well for broadcast on another date as well. Yes, and the curious thing about this record is that it is uh, produced by birds. The musicians are human, but the birds are producers. That obviously is an incredibly unique concept this is possibly the first recording made where it's produced by birds but then the question also comes up as what is the producer's role because i know within film industry the producer's role is to raise money whereas with music the producer is much more creative in their role so can you tell me about the birds role in this project and how this all came about please uh, absolutely i mean first of all i would be really glad if my birds were able to raise money Mm. Uh, I shouldn't even even say my birds because it's yeah. as if I own them, uh, but I don't. They are in fact um, they're called kakadu. They are artists in their own right, mm. um, with a very active artistic practice. That they're working on um, some artwork every day, and I am acting as one of their gallerists. Okay. In, in the guise of um, zebra, because they trust me more when I'm dressed as a zebra. Which is strangely how you were dressed when I first met you many years ago at a Resonance FM program makers event. Was I really? Yeah, I believe so. Maybe you well, weren't. but might have been. Yeah, you might have been. Mm. You often were. At least you certainly were when I picked you up in my motor vehicle from Resonance FM at some point later. 
Oh yes, of course. Yeah, I used to uh, I used to host a show there. I'm dressed as a zebra, which was quite nice because nobody could see me, but I always told the listeners. Um, anyway, um, yeah, this uh, record is called Music for Birds. Mm-hmm. It's by a Berlin-based free improvisation group called Wig W I G. But the name it, the, uh, of the group it doesn't mean a wig, as in like a toupee. Okay. It actually is a short for wedding improvisation uh, group or wedding improvisers group. I forget which. As in wedding, um, wedding. Uh, wedding, wedding. Actually, wedding is a part of town of Berlin. Okay. It's spelled exactly like wedding, wedding in English. Okay. But it doesn't mean wedding, of course. I don't really know what it means, but that's, um, that's an absolutely the, new fact for me on Berlin. Hmm. Yeah, and, and because all of us, we were um, living in Wedding at that time, mm-hmm. then somehow it got to be called Wedding Improvisers Group. Oh, my God. 
normally as you probably know very well the role of the producer is often to suggest what are the good bits and what are the not so good bits mm. of the artist's output yeah they or to kind of suggest what should go on the album and what shouldn't go on the album they they f very much facilitate the musician's musical vision through their technical skills to get that down onto recorded media yes so that was also the role that my birds actively took mm. because when we had recorded the album and we started to listen to all the tracks that we recorded we recorded so many hours of music that it was really really difficult to pick to pick out anything okay so we were kind of listening and listening and listening and kept changing our minds about the good bits and the bad bits typical humans typical Exactly. And I think my birds kind of observe it quite often that for humans everything seems to be very difficult mm. all the time. Because mm -hmm. as they live um, alongside me uh, day by day, I mean, they kind of constantly see me struggle with things that I think they find very easy. Mm. And at some point I noticed that they were trying to advise me on which they thought were the good bits and I started to listen to them okay. and I thought what the birds decide is a good bit is definitely going to go on the album and that's how the album got put together mm -hmm. so that the birds just showed their enthusiasm quite vocally for some tracks or for some bits of tracks 
and for other tracks they didn't mm-hmm. so the order of priority the order of priority best worst order got put together by listening to the birds okay really and that's um, that's how these eight tracks uh, finally got selected on the album okay that's that is definitely a unique approach to music production i'm looking at the website that goes along with this release which is wiggroup.weebly.com, Music for Birds. And there's some very interesting things there. Scientists claim that birds and animals' brains cannot discern complex intellectual objects such as music, which is followed by some sort of uh, bird typing. Is that correct? Yeah, that's bird typing, exactly. Mm. That's the birds attempting to communicate because they were also collaborating with us um, writing the album text. Of course. Obviously. And the, the, um, the scientists suggest that for them, human music is like white noise, similar to the sound of rain, waves, or rustling of leaves for us. And the scientists suggest, go on to suggest, that they can't hear anything interesting in it, the same way that we can't understand what birds say to each other, and all of their adventures and other information that they share so vividly, followed by even more graphic. It rather reminds me of a graphical score, in fact, the bird typing. Mm. Yeah, I mean, some of these are like pictograms of birds. If you look at the one that, that just comes after the text that you stopped reading, you can see there is two birds kind of saying something or chirping something, and then there is a third bird who's opened his beak and is just about to swallow a worm. And then there is like another sort of a bigger bird with open wings facing the other direction. Mm. Yeah, because we uh, also we decided to actually dedicate this record to, communi- to, to communication between people and birds. It's something we've been talking about for a very long time. You've been, well, basically, you've been informing me, and I've been absolutely fascinated with this sort of uh, trans cross species communication and artistic practice. I really recommend people go and have a look at this. I'll make sure the links are on the website to the Wig Group site here, which includes the release and the possibility of buying it. The titles of the songs, would you like to tell us a little bit about that? They're rather fantastic titles. Mm. Yeah, the titles um, The titles didn't come from the birds, mm. apart from actually the titles for um, the track number one, which is called Avian Entertainment, Okay. Uh, which was the birds' absolute favourite track, and the second one, Trichoglossus rubiginosus, which is a Latin name for a particular, I can't remember whether Australian or South American parrot. Okay. And this was also very high up on the bird's favorite list. And then the other titles actually, yeah, there is one which I particularly like, which is called A Sort of English Chicago. Beautiful title. And another one which I really like, The Night is Hushed Here. Mm, These are very, very evocative titles. I'm looking forward Um, to playing some of this music. Um, I'll interweave some excerpts. Yeah. Whatever the word. I'm going to drop some bits from the release so that we can actually listen to what you've been playing. Thank you. 
their practice is much wider, isn't it, as artists, in that one of the most exciting artworks I personally received in the last sort of three or four years was um, the postcards you sent from Berlin. Can you tell me about their actual more traditional studio practice? Mm, absolutely, but let me just uh, quickly finish talking about the titles. Sorry, that's me. If you, me. If you really want to know. I do, I just, um, attention span, you know. You can you can cut this out of the conversation if it's not that exciting. Because it, no, it is but, exciting. I actually got distracted yeah. there by fan noise of um, my <laughs> the laptop that we are recording this off has just started making fan noise, and so in the process of moving the microphone about, I kind of lost track about what we were talking about. Snap mm. me back to place. Thank you very much, Ello. Back to the um, release. Back to the titles, mm. then. The titles were actually randomly picked excerpts from books. Mm. So um, the weak trio, all the three people, um, all of us that are in the band, the, the, not the band, but the group, yeah. we thought, how about we all just se select some random excerpts of sentences or short sentences or a couple of words or something from the books that constantly surround us at home sure and i had yeah a couple of books sort of lying about in which actually i did discover a couple of these titles that i really like very much also which was called the weight of all these memories i think that was also picked by me from one of those books that was just lying around at my home at that time and so we all kind of jotted down some sort of bits and bobs, some excerpts, some some sentences or or ideas from the books that were around us. And then we just sort of chose the tracks that we felt were corresponding very well to a particular sentence or a title. Mm -hmm. And that's uh, that's how we got the titles. It's very, um, very Burroughs, etc. and very appropriate for an improvisational trio. I guess. Yeah, and I think it's also very appropriate for um, an album that was produced by Birds, mm. uh, Flying Easy, because like this process of picking the titles was actually really easy and a lot of fun. Mm. So, yeah, that's what, how we got to the titles. Mm -hmm. I was involved with putting your artwork together for the cover, and every time I was dealing with the typography and came across those titles, I just really wanted to hear those tracks because they're very evocative of somewhere else. Mm. Thank you. 
got a really nice chalk drawing on the front of a bird. Is this one of Kakadu we're looking at? Uh, no, actually, this is not one of Kakadu. Mm-hmm. This is not Kakadu's artwork. This artwork was actually done by a little seven-year-old boy mm-hmm. in a kindergarten in Berlin. Okay. And this boy was fascinated by birds. He was just constantly drawing birds. Mm-hmm. And a friend of mine got me a couple of his drawings. And one of them seemed just kind of really perfect for the album cover. It's bringing such a nice smile to my face. It's such a collaborative project, this record, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. there were so many people involved. There was the musicians Mm -hmm. recording the tracks, the recording engineer, uh, Dietrich Petzold, who was great. Uh Then there was the cockatoo who were producing the record. Then there was another one of their gallerists, Mm-hmm. who goes under the pseudonym of Tiger. Okay. But he's actually also, he's got a real name uh, with Preet Rutas and Kakadu. Mm. Then, of course, there was you involved in uh, designing the sleeve. Mm-hmm. And there was the little boy called Gerald who actually made the drawing on the sleeve. It's bringing such a big smile to my face because more than anything, I think a theme of this season of Isotopica and the theme of pretty much everything I'm trying to do is collaboration at the moment. And hearing this, so much going into one production, so many people involved is just a beautiful thing. Thank you for doing that, I have to say. Mm. And also another thing making me smile, uh, the names you're using are exotic and beautiful and European and otherworldly. Even little Gerald sounds otherworldly. And (laughs) more than anything else at the moment, I desire, crave and wish to promote otherworldly in the strange jailed prison country I'm living in at the moment known as England. Um, But that's 
a theme for other episodes of Isotopica. Mm. So next Sunday, when we're going to drop some of this on air, but at the same time, you've got a concert. Can you tell me a little bit about the concert and what we can look forward to, possibly on the week after this broadcast of Isotopica, where we're going to have recordings, if the technology works well, of the concert? Tell us a little bit about that, please. Uh, Yes. Uh, So the concert is going to be in a Kakadu studio. Mm-hmm. So that's the place where Kakadu lives and um, does their art. And it is a secret location. So the details on how to get to the location are only relieved when peop- uh, revealed, not relieved, but revealed, mm-hmm. when people actually confirm that they're going to come here. Okay, that's nice. Little because exclusivity and... Yeah, and obviously Kakadu being the world's most famous artist bird to this mm-hmm. date, mm. I also don't feel at the liberty of disclosing his living and working quarters so openly. Especially with young people like Gerald involved, it could turn into one of those um, sort of internet parties that we read about sometimes. Mm, exactly. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is this is not on Facebook, and okay. this is not on Instagram, and this is not on Twitter. I think that's a state we should all believe in, which is not to be on any of those toxic platforms. Mm, indeed. Indeed. Anyway, uh, I mean, Kakadu has an as Instagram site, but the information about the release concert is not going to be there. Makes sense, makes sense. Makes sense, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, um, in this concert, because actually Wick, the trio, mm-hmm. has been separated shortly after the record actually came out. Mm. Uh, two of the members had to leave Berlin and they are now living in Spain. Okay. And we haven't actually played any concerts since they moved. So, at this record release, it's the first time that we meet again. Mm. But, like today, we're building sort of like a bridge between London and Berlin over the internet and over the airwaves, Mm -hmm. radio waves. We are also, in this record release, going to actually play online so that the two members, they play from their living room in Spain and I will be playing from Kakadu's studio here in Berlin. That sounds absolutely wonderful. I hope the technology... Have you got a producer here to, to do that apart from the birds? Um, well, I have to be my own engineer this, this time. I'm, okay. I'm afraid that the birds, they are not so specialised in, in technology. They've got things to do that we just couldn't imagine, so it's completely appropriate. Absolutely. So how many copies of this? Is it a limited edition or will people be able to buy this ad infinitum, this wonderful recording? It's a limited edition of 100. Okay. And for people who don't want to own a physical copy, it's also possible to go to Bandcamp. Okay. To the webs uh, to the Bandcamp site of Cram Records. That's C R A M. Okay. Cram Records in London, and in their discography, you will discover music for birds, and you can buy that for seven pounds or more. Bargain. Absolutely. And any extra that goes onto that obviously will be ploughed into an appropriate amount of seed and things, bird treats for the producers, I hope. Absolutely. The birds are very, very adamant that they want to earn their own living and they want to pay for their own seeds and celery and spinach and also vets, vet mm. care. Mm-hmm. That's something I've aspired to at times, but never quite managed myself, I have to say. Um, 
can I just spin this back to their wider practice now? Because I'm, I'm, I'm very excited by some of the other things they do, like the postcard I received, which not only did I love this postcard from Berlin, but the cats that I share my flat with absolutely adore it as well. And every time I bring it down from this display shelf, the cats leap over to really get kind of catty and sniffy with this bird artwork. Really? Does it does it still have this effect on the cats? Ab- absolutely. I had some friends over recently and I was talking about the project and we got it down from the shelf and the cats totally engaged in it. Mm. That's amazing that it sort of stays... Oh, when did I send it to you? That must have been like 2017. Something like that, yeah. Something like that, yeah. It, it's still It's still got its cross-species power. Do you want to talk a little? Okay. Do you want to talk a little bit about absolutely, those artworks? Absolutely. And, yeah. Tell us. Tell us about the production of those. Well, first, I have to say that um, Kakadu is a really remarkable contemporary practitioner of environmental art. Mm-hmm. So he uses mostly recycled material in all of his artworks. Okay. Excellent. Or all of their artworks, in fact. Sure, they're a collective, really, aren't they? Uh, they are a tandem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They are a tandem. Um, they used to be exclusively male, but at the moment the ratio is 50-50. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, some gender equality there as well. Good, good, good. Spot on with all um, of this. So, yeah, they use mostly recycled material in all of their artworks. Mm-hmm. And one of their favorite media is recycled food. Okay. And that's what they use to produce the postcard. Yeah. So it was a um, so fairly ordinary postcard bought from a stationery shop here in Berlin. Mm-hmm. And then I gave it over, handed it over to the birds to um, use it in their art practice. Mm-hmm. And they painted on it with some recycled food. Mm-hmm. And after that, I think I varnished it and I put it in an envelope and I sent it to you. Mm-mm-mm. I'm I'm wondering whether I should actually tell you a little bit uh, more about the story around the record because it's one really really important aspect that I somehow didn't mention yet. Please do because please the do. whole the whole project is just simply so wide and all encompassing. I just also find it hard to keep track about all the important things. Mm-hmm. So basically, Kakadu has worked as a tandem uh, together already from 2010. And for a long time, one of the tandem partners, Siuksuka, mm-hmm. was the driving creative force behind I, a lot of Kakadu's artistic endeavors. Actually, he was. Yeah, he was the, the, the creative mastermind and also an extremely talented musician. Mm hmm. And why this record has actually taken two years to officially be released, because um, it got ready in spring 2018 already. So it's, yes, almost almost um, two years now that we finally managed to have this release concert. Mm-hmm. It's because really sadly, during the late autumn uh, winter of 2017, Suksuka passed away. <sighs> And he was actually really instrumental in this act of communication between birds and humans that culminated in this album. Mm. 
it was yeah because he was he was he was the the the, the most talented and sensitive musician and companion to us so very friendly with people mm. we were just so sad we were really uh, mm, we were really mm, devastated mm. and 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 i actually couldn't bring myself to really work on anything related to the album it makes for perfect a while. sense it's remarkable that you've managed to sort of pick that momentum up again and if, if, you know you're actually going from strength to strength now i understand oh yeah well with the help of kakadu because uh says uh, partner sauks mm. was also so devastated that he lost almost half of his feathers Aye. in the process during while siuksuka was sick and after he died and it's taken Sauks a lot of time to actually fully recover as well. Afterwards, we discovered that he had ear infection mm, mm, mm. as well. And, and that was probably also causing some of the feather problems. Yeah, stress stress all over, really. Eh? Yeah, absolutely. And it took Sauks about half a year, actually, or more to fully um, recover his health as well. It's it's actually not um, it's not something that's discussed that often, and it's something maybe I'll bring to a future episode of Isotopica. That animals really do feel loss and they do mourn when their companions die, and I've experienced that in the past, and I am terrified. I've got you know the two cats, uh, Iduru and Voltaire, that I live with at the moment. I'm terrified of one of them dying before the other because being around a cat that's mourning is so difficult. It's very, mm. it's very, very real. It's very real. Absolutely. It was really horrible being around Saugs when he was mourning mm -mm. because I was, just, I was just really scared that he would die as well. Sure. And I didn't really know what to do. I was finding it very, very difficult to adequately communicate to him at that time mm -hmm. because he became also very fearful of people and it was just really, really, really difficult. I mean, you know, you can imagine if, you know, you're yeah. living yeah, with one person your whole life and then suddenly that person is not there anymore and you're completely alone and you've got completely different species of animals yeah. around you. Yeah how scary and how horrible that must feel. I mean, years, 20 odd years ago, when I had two cats, uh, they were named number six and number two, and they were brothers, and they were from the same litter, they'd spent all their time together. And through misalignment of cat flaps, number two disappeared at some point, and number six, would we used to have drapes up here and they used to play this game where they'd jump at the drapes and the brother would jump out and they'd go ha 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 cat stuff and number six would go over to the jet drapes he'd jump at them his brother wouldn't leap out and he'd just turn around look at me and go and it was cutting right to my heart mm. Absolutely. That's for another episode. Absolutely, that's totally for another episode yeah. of animal rights, animal sentience, animal intelligence, mm, and mm, mm. all these really, really important themes. But I don't want to. I don't want to leave on a sad note Please, because no, actually, what, what Suksuka, what Suksuka left us 
was something extremely precious and positive mm -hmm. and and endearing and you can find out i mean you can find out all about that when you go to the website of the record which is we group we group um with just one g so it's w-i-g-r-o-u-p mm -hmm. dot weebly dot com slash music for birds perfect 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 i'll put some links to that on the isotopica site being www.theculture.net slash radio one day I'm about mm -hmm, three please. years behind on that, but I'll try and do that sooner <laughs> than later. Oh, by the way, uh, quickly, one more thing about the record release. Okay. I will be joined here in Berlin by amazing cellist Guillermo Rodriguez. Ah. And together, mm -hmm. we will perform a concert for Kakadu to um, communicate with them through music and uh, for the fun of all the listeners as well so is that on sunday as so, well or is this another time this is no 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 this is on sunday as well this is part of the record release that's okay. why i'm 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 saying this is what to look forward to uh, next time when i will send you the um, recordings from the concert I look forward to it. i've had some of guillermo's work on before was that with who was that with uh, this was the uh, record Crane Cries yes. with Guillermo and his father Ernesto yes, and, yeah, yeah. And, and Dietrich Petzold, the recording engineer for ah, the week, Music yeah. for Birds. The familiarity, because that featured in an episode which had um, Iduru, my cat, and her and I were having a very long extended conversation on a bicycle on the way to the vet and that was a couple of years ago. I'll put a link to that episode, which was called A Convivial Conversation with a Cat on a Bike as the Crane Flies, where we featured that release at the time. So this is all turning into quite a body of work and a very exciting and new body of work, which we're happy to bring to Resonance FM. Mm -mm -mm, super duper. Always the regular criminals. Exactly. Again. Again and again. This is such an exciting project, and we're going to bring a lot more of this to the radio. So shall we wrap it up there? And I'll say thank you very much for bringing us the story of Kakadu and Wig album Music for Birds. And um, hopefully we'll have a recording of the concert that you'll be broadcasting. What's the date of that? It's January it's 2020, isn't it? January 12th, 2020. 20. 2020 okay so music for birds by wig beautiful the usual suspects Ello, thank you very very much once again lots of love from london mm. yeah thank you simon for having us as always big kiss and soon 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 mm. bye for now meow, meow. Thank you.
have been listening to Istopka here on Resonance 104.4 FM. It's me, Simon Tishko, and today we were listening to the backstory and some tracks from the first ever album recorded by humans but produced by birds. And that was called Musical Birds, and it had some of the most delicious named tracks which featured on today's programme, including Avian Entertainment, The Man from Laraxia, and uh, sort of English Chicago, and of course, Houston, we have a problem. If you're interested in the music and the work that we discussed in today's edition, you can find the record on sale or download at cramrecords.com bandcamp.com and the further information about the trans species work and Kakadu and the wig group can be found at wiggroup.weebly.com and to make that much more simple I'm going to put some very simple hyperlinks on my website being www.theculture.net slash radio for all things radio that's why it's called radio the link that we talked about. Anyway, didn't touch on any of the bizarre, disgraceful and horrific politics floating around us at the moment. We're going to do that a little bit better at some point on Ice Stopker in the coming season. In the meantime, keep safe out there. We are the resistance. I hope you are the resistance too. There's a lot to resist against and um, I think it's something we've got to do. Anyway, I'm not going to run because it doesn't work. This is me, Simon Tishko, saying thank you very much, Ella Massing. Thank you very much, Wig. Thank you very much, Kakadu. And do keep yourself firmly locked to Resonance FM. You've got Resonance Extra and you've got Resonance 104.4 FM on your London dial. This is me, Simon Tishko, once again. Catch you soon. This program was brought to you by Resonance 104.4 FM. If you've enjoyed what you've listened to, you can support Isotopica by going directly to our website being www.theculture.net slash support. All the engineers, program makers and artists at Resonance FM provide their work on a voluntary basis. Resonance FM can be found at resonancefm.com. Thank you for listening to Resonance FM.